get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs, with 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Very happy to go out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by the former Major League catcher. He spent 11 years in the big leagues. He's now a host on Foul Territory. You can listen to that show weekdays starting at noon central. It's Eric Kratz joining us here on the show. Eric, we appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? I'm awesome, BK. Alex, thanks for having me. I, you forgot, 13 years in minor leagues, too, so don't, <laughs> don't discount my... My minor league time there. <laughs> yeah, a, a big leaguer, a minor leaguer, and one of the most beloved players around the big leagues from what I understand, Eric. So we appreciate you giving us a little bit of time today. People can follow you on Twitter at Eric Kratz 31. Eric, we reached out to you under a kind of unfortunate circumstances here in St. Louis where Wilson Contreras is no longer, at least for the time being, the messaging on this has been kind of unclear. Uh, the Cardinals catcher. I don't know how much you've been able to pay attention to this news here in St. Louis, but when you heard that Contreras was going to be taken out away from his role as the everyday catcher for the Cardinals, Eric, what'd you make of that? Oof. Um, I mean, they gave him a couple years with a couple dollars attached <laughs> to it to, to be their catcher. And I, and I haven't heard, maybe you guys know better, but I haven't heard like, Oh, this is, this is a, indefinite thing you know it's going to happen he's never going to catch again I have a hard time believing that I think it's something that when you're losing it is like you you almost have to change something whether it's your haircut whether it's you know the way you drive to the field whether it's you know and I think those two things probably have about as much to do with them moving Wilson Contreras out of the catching position because it's kind of like D.D. Gregorius coming in to replace Derek Jeter in New York. How did he do that? Well, one, he played well at his position and at the plate. And two, the media really didn't get on him. And I think, you know, there's a little bit – it's definitely way too early to change a catcher who you just signed for, I think, five years, $80 million, yep. out of position – and there's a reason you signed him. There is a reason, and it is an organizational reason. You know, you didn't just all of a sudden, wow, you know, he really impressed him in spring training, so he made the team. No, like, this is a guy you've played against, you scouted. There's a reason you brought him in for the value that he brings. And a month, it seems a little panicky. And Eric, the bigger thing for me and I think for a lot of people in St. Louis is Wilson Contreras has become the scapegoat, kind of like you just mentioned, for a team that's really been bad in almost every area that you can imagine of the first month of the season. So from a player's perspective, from somebody who spent time as a catcher, that's not that's not an easy thing to just forget, is it, if you get kind of drugged through the mud for a team's struggles? I think there's, you know, I think there's a lot of underlying things. As, as a player, you don't, you don't only look at, or you shouldn't only look at how you as a player are treated because you might have 
you might have some goggles on that give you a different view of it. Like, oh, you know, they never treat me well. Well, you know, how have they treated other guys in the past that are maybe, you know, or came up through the Cardinal system? How did they treat Jordan Walker when he was hitting 280? How did they treat Tyler O'Neill when he, quote, didn't run? How did they, you know, there's, there's a lot that I think may have been handled differently than I think other teams have handled things, even, even in their own division. How, how do the Brewers handle scandal? How do the, you know, how do the Pirates handle scandal? How, do, how have the Cardinals handled these types of things earlier in their career? And then as a player, you sit there and you evaluate it, and that kind of is what shapes your, your, your view of the organization and how they view you. So not necessarily just how they, you know, they treat you because, you know what, I think Wilson Contreras would probably say, hey, I'm behind there, I'm calling the game, and I think I, think I should have gotten more out of the pitchers. Because if he's not saying that, then he should have been out long before a month. He should have been out way before that. Eric Kratz is our guest, former major league catcher and minor league catcher as well. Uh, now host on foul territory. We appreciate his time here on 101 ESPN. I, Eric, I did want to ask you because, you know, I have never played the position of catcher, much less done so in major league baseball. One of the things that continuously comes up and the Cardinals have been really coy about what's gone wrong here. In fact, Ollie Marmel gave this quote yesterday, the Cardinals manager. He said, uh, there's so many different layers, so many different elements of what we're talking about in regards regards to Wilson Contreras. We're making sure he understands the full process of how we think through a game plan. He was then asked to be more specific about it. He said, quote, that's the part I unfortunately will not disclose. And the part that, yeah, maybe it won't make sense to the rest of the world as to why we're doing that, but I'm just not going to. I'll wear it until then. That's the part that's going to stay in house for us. And at the end of the day, maybe it won't make sense to anybody else, but we do feel confident in the end product. So basically he's saying, we're going to keep this stuff in house. Yeah. There's stuff that Wilson needs to work on but we're not going to explain that to everybody else Uh, Eric when you hear something like that and you've got the expertise of having done that job been in that role for more than a decade in the big leagues can you take us through a little bit what the game planning the pregame preparation looks like as a catcher in the big leagues it looks extensive it is something that is it's a team effort it is a collaboration of everybody around you. Now, for me, a guy that didn't play a lot as a backup catcher, I had to put extra work in because I'm not out there. You know, there's, there's probably three levels of, of scouting for a game. Your advanced guys, and that could be a collaboration of one guy or five guys that have some type of you know, advanced information that they've looked up and prepared. Then there's a third, that's me. I'm doing video and I'm taking all the information that I have and it is looked at and it is evaluated. Why is he hitting? Why does Goldschmidt hit so-and-so on pitches belt high to letter high? Why does? What types of fastballs is he smashing? Can he get to my guy's fastball today? Then I'm taking the evaluation of everything that I've watched on video or I've had in game situation. And 
you put all that together, you collaborate that, and then you go in the game and you're like, I got it. And you might not do anything that you just thought of, but your brain has all that stuff going on because of the work that you've put in. So let's go back to Yadier Molina being that guy. He has just a dearth of knowledge, just an unbelievable like, chest of knowledge. Whether he cared to or not, he just played so many games in the big leagues, and he has so much knowledge. I think in a way, this kind of falls on the Cardinals as a staff because they didn't have to do anything when Yadier Molina was around. Now, there might be some guys that did, and I know some of the guys in that organization, but to blame Yadier Molina and all of a sudden sit here and go, oh, well, we're not talking. You know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden we're keeping something in-house. You know, that's not been the MO the first month slash, you know, last six months of playing. Like, this is something they're keeping in-house. I, I think it's more than just on, on Yadi. I mean, on, on, the, on Wilson, because – Yachty kind of helped a lot of guys. It's got to be on the pitchers, too. Like, if Yadier Molina says, hey, I want you to throw a curveball, you, you could look at yourself as a pitcher and be like, I don't even throw a curveball. <laughs> if Yachty says it's awesome, I'm going to think about doing it. Now, if Wilson Contreras comes out there and he goes, hey, I want you to throw a curveball right here, pitcher could be like, oh, man, Wilson, oh, he doesn't even know me. He doesn't even know I don't throw a curveball. So the exact same situation, two different people. The difference is only one person's throwing the pitch. Only one coach is preparing their part of the section of scouting. And so to take the blame, for Wilson to take the blame and take the high road here is big league of him. It's been but super impressive. Organization, yeah, and, and for the organization – they need to set, they need to step up if they if they're going to be an upfront organization like they've been the whole season they need to step up and say you know what hey Rick Hahn, I am the one that wanted to sign this guy because we saw this value in him and this value and he has more value than this and Ali Marmol can say hey you know what I agreed with Rick you know he brought he brought I'm sorry Rick Hahn. <laughs> I'm I'm going White Sox, not not Rick. We, we were letting you we were letting you yeah, look. No, 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 we, no. we knew what you were going went, with, Mo. I, I went White Sox. I was I was in my Midwest GM. Hey, let Kratz cook. You know, Come on, man. That's 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 my bad. That is like that's like that's sacrilegious to say Chicago and it's all and good. You didn't, you, you didn't go with the Cubs. Yeah, so it good. was White Sox. We're good. We're good. <laughs> no, it wasn't. You're right. You're right. So it was in the American League. No, but Zeliak is going, um, he's, he's the one that's coming, you know, he's probably the guy that's making a signing like, like Contreras, and he's saying, yes, you know what? I do, I do want this guy. Where's he at? Come and say something. You know what? If you think you made a mistake because you signed this guy and you're like, eh, we should take him out of the position, you know, come up, say something. Like, you were super excited to be there when it was time to sign this guy, and, like, you put the shirt on him over top of his over top of his tie and dress shirt, and you smiled and everything. Come on down in the trenches when it happens, too. Like, and that's, to, to me, that's, that's where I think Wilson has handled this from what I've seen, and I'm not in St. Louis. He's handled it like a pro. 
And I think other people need to step up and do the same thing. That was our open today. I, I think he's endeared himself to St. Louis. Like, I think he's even more a Cardinal fan favorite today, despite being removed from the catcher situation uh, than he was a week ago, which is a strange thing to say, given the fact that the Cardinals have basically publicly stated now they don't think he's preparing well enough. Eric, final thing that I wanted to ask you, and I know you've got uh, got to get out of here in just a minute, but I, I did want to ask you about the preparation for different teams. because You played for nine different teams in the big leagues, and that's been uh, one of the big hot topics now is that the Cardinals preparation is so much different, so much more advanced, according to them, at least, than what the Cubs were doing with Wilson <laughs> Contreras. Uh, can you describe that a little bit from your perspective on what the difference was in pregame preparation for the different teams that you played for? Uh, I mean, I kind of I kind of threw throughout those nine teams. I actually played on a 10th team, but I never got in a game. I played for the Red Sox for three days. So <laughs> that was that's a, that's a fun nugget, but the uh, there's there's so much there is definitely different ways, but part of that is you sit there like let's say let's say I go to the Brewers and they say here's our advanced report here we you know we have an analytical advanced report we have our scouting report from our scouts advanced report and you know this is the information we have well if those guys just flop that stuff into my, you know, into my floppy disk or put it on a hard drive or, you know, they put it in a binder and they don't say anything. Well, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to decipher what their language is, what they, how they talk, you know, then I go to the pirates and Ray Seward is my pitching coach. Well, I spent two different times with the pirates. And the first time I was there, Joe Kerrigan was a pitching coach. And the second time I was there, Ray Seward was a pitching coach. And two very accomplished, very well-respected pitching coaches. And if they're making a scouting report and we're talking about stuff on the bench and I don't know what they're talking about because they won't communicate with me, then we have an issue. And so to me, the differences are going to be so vast and yet you're getting the same things across. Like how do you get to – this certain weakness or how do you stay away from a strength and how do you continue to push a pitcher's strength to have the success in those, in in those games? And, And I know it sounds like a very general, boring baseball answer, but you see so many different things. Like there's places where every single thing is analytical and you're like, okay, well, what does this mean? And you start to learn it. And essentially all the analytics when you spend an extra extra 10, 15 minutes on them, it's just exactly the same as what the advanced scout is saying. He's just talking through it with his eyes, and analytics are talking through it with numbers. And so if it is that much more advanced, I'm going to call – I'm going to give you a meh. Like, come on. Like, don't it, – it's not that much more advanced. Like, that, that's kind of a slap in the face to the Cardinals – I mean, to the to the Cubs, like, oh, we're so much more advanced. Really? Like, how much more advanced are you? Maybe that's the issue. Maybe you're too advanced for somebody who just came in to learn your your quote unquote cardinal way. Like, maybe it should be kind of an adjustment way. Like, hey, hey, what Wilson? What do you need from me? And we'll adjust it to you because you're going to be here for five years and we're going to spend $80 million 
and we're going to enjoy the fact that you bang balls all over the ballpark, you steal bases, and you throw people out and pick people off, and you bring tons of energy that we need on this team. And, you know, instead of, well, you've got to do it our way. Oh, see you in a month. You know, that kind of thing. Eric, this has been Nailed awesome, it. man. I know you got to get out of here. Let's do this again soon because it's been fantastic to be able to catch up with you. Eric Kratz uh, played for 10 different teams in Major League Baseball, 11-year Major League career, had a bunch of time in the minors as well. You can hear him on Foul Territory weekdays starting at noon central. Be sure to do that right after you listen to BK and Ferrario. Check out their podcast. It's well worth your time. Eric, we appreciate the time as always, man. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll talk with you hopefully again soon. Guys, I appreciate it, and I definitely will have Tanner reach back out to me.